This is Sports Jam, and I'm Doug Doyle, and joining us is a diva. Yes, indeed. She is known as the heavy-hitting diva. Well, ladies and gentlemen, after 10 rounds of boxing, we go to the judges' scorecards, and here are the totals. Judge Patricia Morse-Jarman has his bout scored even 95-95. Judge Tim Cheatham and Dave Moretti both have it 99-91. Your winner by majority decision and new WBC super middleweight champion from Baltimore, Maryland, Fred Shaw, Chris Dessert! Frashon Cruz Desern is the WBC and WBO title holder at the super middleweight division, and she'll be fighting Ellen Sederus of Sweden for the IBF and WBA crowns to unify the title on June 19th on Triller Fight Club's card in Miami. It's so great to see you, Frashon. You're a unique personality and a terrific boxer, and we're thrilled to have you on Sports Jam. Thank you so much for having me. Not only are you a champion boxer, you're a clothing designer. You make all your own ring attire. You're a singer. We'll talk about that during the show. And you're a huge advocate for women's sports. Virginia Beach is where you grew up, but now you're a longtime Baltimore resident, and that's where you're joining us for this edition of Sports Jam, currently with a 7-1 and record with one no contest and seven straight victories. Franchon, this is a big fight. You've talked about it for a while now that you wanted to fight Ellen. You've been gearing up for this. What did you feel like you needed to prepare for in this fight that makes you ready for her? Well, you know what? She's just honestly in a way because you can ask the former title holder of the WBA uh, World Championship, Elise Napoleon. I traveled to New York to, you know, call her out. And this is something that I really want. As far as her, I know she's training really hard in her conditioning and she has a European style, just straight up and straight shot down the middle. So I'm just doing what I do best and be myself. Um, I believe I have a lot of versatility to me. People are used to seeing me more in the hunt, but I'm able to box too. And from my amateur pedigree, I face fighters similar to her. So I'm just working on utilizing all my tools. And what an amateur pedigree you have. 15 national titles, four Pan Am American championships, two medals and world championships and then going on to having this terrific start to your career. Mm-hmm. It's, is it nice to have the support of a fellow boxer inside the house? Your husband, ah. Glenn. I mean, what a perfect way you two met all the way back. But I understand it wasn't necessarily love at first sight at the, you know, when you guys first saw each other and were training on different ways, right? Yeah, like, Honestly, he, he's been around me for a very long time, actually since 2006. I always joke, there was a, a Washington Post article, like, you know, big feature, and he's in the picture, and I never knew it was him until he pointed it out years later, and uh, when we used to train, we used to go at it like cats and dogs, like, I thought he hated me, but, you know, time reveals itself, and he's just been an amazing friend and you know moved on to become my husband my confidant my my everything so i'm just yeah he's the best you've always wanted to be a singer but then you kind of fell into this boxing world and you you didn't put on your first gloves until you were a teenager but you were a national champion by 17. why do you think you caught on with this sport so quickly um i'm gifted i'm blessed but more so I've always been a fighter and boxing is life. Boxing, uh, 
if you're really true to it, it brings so much character. And as you can see, I'm a big character. And uh, it's just parallel to boxing. I think it's a way that I can express myself the way I express myself in life. And I just don't have a lot of quit in me. And I just, if it's challenging, I'm going to find a way to overcome it. You've described yourself as a tomboy growing up and you weren't afraid to fight the boys, right? Oh yeah, man. I, <laughs> it was equal opportunity, butt whoopings. And I have a brother, so I'm well-versed in, you know, fighting guys, but yeah, I used to get into it with guys and yeah, I like, I like to fight everybody. Even now, most of my, my sparring partners are men. 98% are men. And but yet you want this respect to come to women in the ring and, and truly deserved when it both comes to, you know, pay, when it comes to attention, you're off to a good start. Now you're with golden boy productions and with Oscar de la Hoya. And I, I know recently uh, over the past year, you've also signed with Peter Kahn. How has that been able to help promote the brand of Franchon Cruz Desires? Well, you know, I'm like, a, I'm just a ball of fire, a ball of energy. So I think it was something to spice up Golden Boy uh, with Oscar, um, Roberto, Eric, and Bernard Hopkins. He really kind of took me under his wing. And um, I think they've gave me a platform to do what I have to do. And, you know, we've done great things so far. So I'm very grateful. I can't wait for the fourth round because at this stage, Cruz is going to have to go dog and go after her. The heavy hitting diva, you say your mom was kind of a, a, a diva kind of for you. And tell us about that relationship. Yeah, my mom, you don't pay attention to stuff when you're young. You just know that's mom and that's what she does. But as I got older and I noticed myself doing some of those same things, or I look back on pictures of her, I'm like, God, Lee, my mother was kind of fly. Like she stayed in high heels and she worked in like, I guess, corporate office. You know what I mean? And she always nice um, skirt suits, like with the blazer and like the mini skirts. And she had great legs and she had big smiles. She had a gap and just, she was a pretty chocolate woman. And, you know, I think I picked a lot of her essence up as I'm getting older but the tomboy side is my dad all the way. It's interesting because it's a great combination because for you, fashion is important in the ring. As I mentioned earlier, you, you know, you design your clothes because you want it to be the whole package. Right. And, and that's really what makes you stand out among some of the other fighters. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very organic, put it that way. My passion for fashion came from being broke with expensive taste and just know that, like, for me, even though I wasn't, like, a huge uh, singer, I knew every time I stepped in the ring, that was my little stage that I can do me and be the heavy-hitting diva and express myself. At first, I used to be shy, but now I'm like, hey, people pay to see me. This is my time I earned, so y'all going to get this whole show. So when I step in there, I, you know, because I look at old pictures of Diana Ross and Ric Flair and Cher, and those moments happen organically. And I just try to put my mind into that frame, like, what was the stylist or what was the artist thinking when they picked this outfit? You know, like Prince, like, what were they thinking when they went on stage? Did they know that this was going to be iconic? So I just, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I just enjoy every moment. 
I can't picture you as shy. When when did the transformation go from shy to this <laughs> diva now that we have here in the ring? You'll be surprised. A lot of people, if you ever seen a sun shine as brightest you want to turn away from it or put shades on or try to block with your eyes and that's what a lot of people try to do to me but hey i'm going to shine regardless either put some sun shades on or walk away you've had a very interesting career already where you've had the opportunity to really face what some people say is is the greatest boxer on the women's side ever in your first fight and that's your only loss t-rex I got you, I got you, I got you. I got this. Let me take this, okay? Let me take this. Don't push her down, okay? That's the second time. I get it. Okay, good job. Let's go, let's go. So tell us a little bit about how that first fight developed. And you were thinking about the Olympics at the time, and you actually then decided, okay, why not? Let's go pro. <laughs> Take us to that moment. Yeah, basically, that's how it happened. I was, you know, still had my heart set on going to the Olympic Games 2020. And it probably was like a month and a half out from the next two months. Wait, yeah, probably like a month and a half to two months out from the next competition, which was in December. And I got a phone call about the opportunity to fight Clarissa two weeks, you know, after the phone call. And I was like, you know what? Why not? I don't know. Something I, I asked my husband. He was like, F it. Let's go. I never had aspirations to go pro. I never thought about it. And I just was like, okay, let's do it. She she really didn't, everybody else turned her down and kind of left her hanging. And it's like, she's made world and US history and she's talented. So let's just make it a moment. I know I believe in myself. So it was more so competitiveness, supporting and just making it happen. I think the fact that your only losses to Clarissa Shields says a lot and also taking that fight says a lot about you because that, that shows that, you know, you almost, you almost think back to, well, every time you have, you have a boxing interview, you got to go to the Rocky movie. Right. But uh, when you, <laughs> but, but, you know, in that movie, if, if he doesn't take the challenge, right. Uh, of going up against Apollo Creed, he gets, you know, he would have never become famous in that. And of course we know that's the story, you know, of Chuck Wepner, who's been on this show here on sports yeah. jam. And so for you to take that, it says, there's a great confidence inside you and opportunity. And so that confidence, I think, seems like it's built over time. And it seems like Glenn has, has helped you with that confidence going around. And he, in his own right, is a terrific boxer. So I can't imagine there's no one that's going to mess with this couple when you're walking down the streets of Baltimore, right? I think no nobody's gonna beat us up. The only people we have to watch out for is our cats because they pretty <laughs> much run the house. TJ3 and Mr. Hash Brown, yeah. <laughs> now, now, sometimes cats get up on their hind legs and do they don't do that, do they? One of them, uh, Mr. Hash Brown, he's the older one. He can fight. He has a great hook. Um, <laughs> TJ3 is a bump on the log. He's spoiled rotten. That's Glenn's cat 
from youth. Like Glenn had him when he was about a month or so, and he spoiled him rotten, and he's just fat, lazy cat. Gotta love it. Looks and hooks are something that you talk about uh, when you describe uh, your style too. And I, I want to take you back to a temporary setback in your career that I think also has molded you even to more of a complete fighter and a complete person, if that could possibly be. But it was mm -hmm. back in January of 11th of 2020 at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio that the mm -hmm. WBC and WB belts, WBO belts were on the line and you were going up against Alejandro Jimenez of Mexico. And at that time, you knew there was something not quite right with her. And uh, she was declared the winner, in a, for those who don't know, in a heated split decision affair, but soon was declared a no decision a couple weeks later after it was revealed that she failed the pre and post drug fight test. So a little mm -hmm. bit of uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs going on there, but you kind of felt that all along, didn't you? Yes. Yes, and um, I respect everybody. I respect their life choices. Um, and I don't like to speak unless I have facts, but it was very suspicious from um, the jump. Like we actually were supposed to fight in September of 2019 when I won the WBO title in Unified. And for some reason she couldn't make weight or she missed her flight. It was something dumb, but I knew it was something else behind that because uh, California has strict, you know, drug testing. And uh, I just knew. And then when I got in the ring, I, it just validated how I felt. But I couldn't say anything until the test came back and it was proven. And it was a close fight, too. So it wasn't like... To beat a champ, you got to beat the champ. And I just felt a little disrespected because as far as clean, effective punches, I landed more. Like, even the compu box, I landed the more shots. Um if you get points for taking punches, then, hey, she's the champ because she was eating punches all day. And I felt like I, I put on a show. I overcame. I got hurt a little bit. And I overcame. And I, I finished strong. I think that's why some people may have issues with boxing because of the judging all the time. It's like sometimes you'll watch a fight and say yes. But, of course, you can see. But maybe we can't see as viewers what everybody's looking for. And so it's always left up to judges. And I know I love Olympic boxing. And boy, when that gets into play, we see all kinds of things, of, you know, through the years, what has happened. Has that hurt the sport of boxing, in your opinion? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I've, exper I've experienced a lot of that through the amateurs. And it's, it doesn't know, it not only does it hurt the sport, it hurts the fighter. Like, that, I think it can hurt you. Like for me, it hurt me, but it made me better because I had to constantly reinvent myself because evidently some way I was fighting wasn't working. So I was like, I need to find another way to win. So it made me more diverse, but yes, it, 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 it hurts amateurs and professionals because they put so much into it. They're taking punishment, you know, and, and one fight can change your life from progressing into making more money or progressing your career to now you're, you don't have anything. You've talked about in, in prior interviews about it weighed on you, the fact that decision in that fight before they, they turned it around and uh, found out about the, the drug test results, it weighed on you and it weighed on you mentally. Yeah, I mean, in my heart, like I'm a true fighter and any true fighter can tell you if they lose a fight or win a fight. They know if they won or lost. And in my heart, and you can see the interview I did from my room, I felt like I won that fight. I didn't feel like a loser because I know what losing feels like. 
I felt like I won, but just I felt powerless with with everything that happened. And and uh, it, it it bothers me to this day. And you know, I'm just grateful for prayer and self belief and my husband and supporters. It was a lot. <laughs> it bothers me now, but it was a lot. How exciting is it for you now to be uh, really part of history, uh, having the men's and women's undisputed title fights on the same card for the first time with uh, an elite boxing pay-per-view card to be headlined by, you know, the men's fight and then your fight as well. That, that's got to be, that's got to be very rewarding for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it's already written. I'm just living my life and um, I feel like it's, it's earned. So I don't feel like I was put in a position. I feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, I'm kind of used to making history, but to make, you know, to still be able to do so and have longevity in a professional ranks, it means a lot. And I mean, shoot, going against an Olympia, my first fight, now the first men and women undisputed fight, like, I'm just like a fan of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, 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 love... I love this sport, you know, I love myself. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle, and my guest is Franchon Cruz Desern, the WBC and WBO title holder at the super middleweight division. She's taking on Ellen Sederus of Sweden for the IBF and WBA crowns to unify the title on June 19th on Triller Fight Club's card in Miami, pay-per-view. Fight Club, brought to you by Triller. Pay-per-view pre-sales are now underway for this this big fight. Once again, it's coming up June 19th, the big fight coming up to unify the title. And that's something that you wanted to make sure. And believe me, I think it's another thing with boxing. There's so many titles. Isn't it easier to say that Cruz Desern is the unified title holder? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I'm just here, like, so I don't get fined kind of fell into everything and it's like all these different belts and all that I just want to be the champ I just want to fight and I want to win so is there anything else that we need to know about your opponent that you feel will add even more excitement to this because as I mentioned before you had talked about you were going to have to go through her at some point you know to get where you want to be what what do what can people expect from her well like I said she's doing a lot of strength and conditioning and working on her speed and agility and she has a great one too she has she has movement she's a good fighter she's she's sound and um she you know she dropped her her past opponent who was a former champion with the hook so it's showing she has power so it, it's, it's going to be a good fight I think it's going to be a clash of styles I think it's going to be a test of wit and will and it's it's going to be a competitive fight you have two champions two people who hold a slice of the division and I think this is the kind of competition we need for women's boxing to elevate. Michelle, I know you said you were a fighter from early on, but tell me, getting hit in the face is something I've always hated. I don't want to get a slap in the face. I don't want, how, when did you, where did you and Glenn get the, the idea of that, you know, you could do this and, and it's okay to get hit in the face. I mean, stomach is enough. You know, I've got a big one, so at least maybe it bounced. But I but... got a big one too. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, call me two pop, two pack, because that's all I want. When I step on the scale with two pack of abs, 
you know I'm serious. So that's what I'm going for. <laughs> I love that too. But it, it, it's something you don't get used to, right? Do you get hit in the face with a glove? Yeah, I get hit. The other day I caught an elbow to the eye. Um, I'm just grateful that my skill has preserved me. Like I don't, I even fighting a steroid cheat, the worst I had was a swollen lip. And I've seen some people, you look at Ellen Sederus' last fight, she was bloodied and battered. And I'm like, whoa, I haven't experienced that. So I'm never going to say never, but I just feel like my life and what I've been through and who I am, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you hard. I'm going to keep fighting. So unless I get knocked out or carried out on a stretcher, God forbid, or dead, I'm just going to keep fighting. <laughs> Someone who really hit hard was also a guest here on Sports Jam. Uh ways back mike mike tyson and i know that that you're a fan of mike tyson and what he accomplished in the ring yeah he's such a, a intricate individual like i like him outside the ring i like him in the ring because he's just him like he's weird but like in a good way i love it i love it did you see his performance that he went around the, the country it was amazing the one the one man show yeah yeah i um for him to live in his truth, good or bad, is just crazy. Like, you know, he's provocative when he speaks. He's brutally honest. And, I mean, some people never experience that. Some people are scared to get to be them true selves. And I, I appreciate him for that and expressing his beautiful chaos with us. Franchon Cruz Luzerne said Barry Hunter right, and his right. team at Headbangers Gym took in a pair of misfits. My husband and myself. He's a bantamweight pro. His name is Glenn Desern, and he said, I'm making my dream come true, and I think she's doing enough, although she knew that she was the underdog, and she was fighting on Maricela Cornejo's promoter's card. She's aware, and that's why she came out throwing all night long. And I think she was, was cool with that. I yeah. think she was mentally ready to come in here and do what she's been doing, displaying that aggressive, displaying, explaining what she's don't grab, don't about, grab. And don't now grab. Stop. she's making it happen. Take us back to when you first won the title. What what was going on inside you? A lot of years of hard work, great amateur career, but now you've reached a, a, a new height in professional boxing. So I had this video that showed the clip from American Idol when Simon told me I couldn't be any everything, good at everything. And I told I made a declaration on TV and said, if I'm not the American Idol, I'm going to be the middleweight champion of the world. And I, I had, my mother was in that clip beside me, but she passed away in 2016. But when I won the title, I had a picture of her on my arm. So everything just came full circle. Even though I'm not the middleweight champ, I'm the super middleweight champ in the world. And I felt like I, I uh, fulfilled a prophecy that I made. Did you contact, si did you contact Simon after that fight? I tried. I tried. Maybe one day. I think. I think I'll get be able to get in contact with him just to play that clip and just show, like, yeah, I didn't become a famous singer yet, but I'm a world champion boxer. And um, my my first thing was, I found like one of the most expensive hotels, and I took my little check and I said, Glenn, we going we gonna stay in a real nice hotel. We gonna we gonna live this champion life for this week. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I know money. If you were a guy, you would have already made some big time money with some of these uh, these fights. But it, it's it's a struggle still for 
you know, to get the pay that, that is necessary for you to continue with your career. Man, who are you telling? If I was a guy, I would have been a millionaire already. Um, but you just keep focusing, you keep fighting, you keep, you know, what working with our allies, like Golden Boy and, you know, Peter Kahn giving me this opportunity is a step in the right direction. No, I'm not making what the boys are making, but getting on these platforms and getting to showcase myself could bring other opportunities from boxing, outside of boxing. But um, it builds your notoriety, but we just gotta keep fighting. Fans have to keep supporting, media has to keep promoting, and we have to do our parts as fighters, putting on good shows and marketing ourselves. What do you say to young gals that come up to you that admire you not only for your, you know, your boxing ability, but your flair and style? And trust your dopeness, educate yourself, keep your integrity, ask questions because anybody that works with you, if they have the right intentions for you, they will keep it 100 with you and not try to hide things from you or take from you. And just, you know, keep working. I work the boys, keep working. With all this experience in the ring, and I know you like to, to arrange and, and to do all kinds of things with music, not, not just sing it. You like to, to look at it and put it together. If you had to go back on American Idol or a similar show, The Voice or something like that, is there a song now that you would either think about or you would recreate that would take in all the experience you've had in the ring so it would be as compelling as possible for the audience? Well, Brandy just came, I don't know, Brandy, the singer, just recorded the, the new Princess theme song called starting now and I kind of felt that in my spirit it's a really really new song probably like a couple days old but I felt it I felt it uh being a warrior being strong and just reaching new heights and just believing in yourself and I feel like that was a beautiful song and I will put that on the list um it's it's probably I have like five of them I just can't think of them right now but starting now has been on my playlist and just keeping me motivated and um, <laughs> Cardi B's Get Up 10. She's not a singer, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that song because she, she speaks facts and uh, that's a good song. I think mine is just like, my mantra is more like people who doubted me, people who tried to shut me down and I just kept pushing and I'm here where I want to be and I'm going to keep winning. I think it's terrific that you have people that, you brought up like Cher and, and Prince who incorporated great fashion into their performances and mm -hmm. iconic, you know, fashions. What do you want to bring out? Do you have an idea what you're going to wear on, on June 19th? Yeah. I'm doing a tribute to one of the greatest hip hop, hip hop and cultural icons. And, um, you know, my gym colors are purple as well. And uh, my friend that's experienced some hard times with um, incarceration, and he said he wanted me to wear purple because it represents royal royalty. So it's just, you just got to wait. You just got to wait. And I hope you can pick out and, and, and recognize who I'm giving a little shout out to in my outfit. <laughs> and, and also comes with that introduction music now. It's all part of the show. Have you picked that out? I got to talk to Peter and Trailer to see if they're going to let me um, produce a, a walkout thing. Cause I did get to, when I fought um, in Texas, I got to produce um, 
my own walkout situation. I had dancers from Baltimore. I found a street drummer from Philly and I bought them in and they bought me out to give a tribute like to Beyonce because she's from Texas. And it was it was cool because I got to give other people an experience too. The first time you put those gloves on when you were a teenager, but you were singing long before then because I think that's something that's been inside you. So isn't it nice that you're able to incorporate your two loves because your 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 second love came a little bit later as a teen. So uh, you're blessed in that way too. Yeah, I mean, especially with a, a platform like Triller who incorporates entertainment, music, and, and sports, who, who else would be better than that? Shoot, I might even get to do my own song coming out. Who knows? I'm curious about Golden Boy Productions with Oscar De La Hoya. What's been the most insightful conversation the two of you have had about your career so far? <laughs> yeah, with me and Oscar, he, <laughs> he just, he's very enthusiastic when we do speak. Um, and he's just like, let's go. He's turned up. He's like, just win. The last conversation we had was just win, just win. You can do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, Bernard Hopkins, I actually have a piece I'm going to post with um, him and I in Miami, and we raced on the beach. He basically showed me some of the same things he went through before he became undisputed. And he beat me. He beat me the first time. But uh, just, you know, talking to him and picking his brain, not only for becoming undisputed, but just longevity and recreating yourself and managing yourself, which I did for a long time before Peter Kahn came. And just, you know, I love that I can get that information. How did you and your husband, Glenn Desern, get through the coronavirus pandemic? 2020 was a horrible year for all of us. Yes, yes. It was crazy because I fought in January. And we were actually, we both got to um, attend the Olympic camp and go out to Colorado and work with the Olympians, spar, train and everything. And that's when stuff, this was February, that's when stuff started trickling down about Corona. It was like, what is Corona? So, you know, I like zombie movies. I like Resident, all of that stuff. I like that. <laughs> so we're in camp. And we're like, I, me, I'm being on cycle. I'm going to the store getting gloves and Lysol. And I heard people cough in the gym. And I'm like, Glenn, we got to go. So I, um, I left home. I left there early. And we were just locked in. It was just really like, is the world ending? So, But through that, we did move. And um, we just stayed close and stayed humble, stayed safe. And, you know, pray for all the people that were suffering worse than us. Like, you have to have gratitude and humility in situations like that, because yes, oh, I'm trapped in a house, I can't go anywhere, but it's people on the street, it was people who lost their job, and they couldn't, you know, they lost their home, so I was blessed, because I had just fought, so I had a couple dollars to get through, but you know, you just had to keep sustaining, and just pray, and just hope for the best, but thank God, things are coming around, and there's progress being made, and we're here. You would attempt mixed martial arts if given the right paycheck, right? Right paycheck and training. I was street fighting before they had MMA. So I, you know, I think I can do something. But yeah, if they if the right opportunity presented itself and I had it the right time to prepare, why not? And I'm excited for Clarissa. She's about to do bigger things. So I want you to tell me about the one kid who really ticked you off when you were young and you beat the heck out of him or her. I want to know that story because I'm sure there's one. 
It was it's a couple. I yeah. I, okay, so what, what did they do? So I'll just tell one when I moved to Baltimore, they kind of sent me down the road to boxing too. So when I moved to Baltimore, I still had a thick country accent. And you can obviously tell I'm different. So I went to Frederick Douglass High School, which, which is kind of a tough school. And this kid in science class just kept joking me, like joking me in front of the class. And I'm, I have a sense of humor. I could joke, but at that time, I'm like, I don't know anybody. So I, every day it was something, it was something. So one day I just told him like, if you joke me again, I'm going to beat you up. So he proceeded to joke me and I snatched him off the stool and I wore him out in front of the class. And that got me kicked out and put in a bad school, but I graduated earlier than, than normal. At 16, I graduated and <laughs> I went on to pursue boxing. <laughs> wow. And, and ever contact that person again? Did that person ever reach out to you and say, hey, mm-hmm. I won't mess with you? And I'm a fan, maybe. Turn, maybe a fan now. I don't know. Like, I swear to you, I live like at least six different lives and if I was a CM today, I'd be like, you know, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we certainly thank you for joining us. And once again, Fanchon Cruz Desern is the WBC and WBO title holder at the super middleweight division. And she'll be oh. fighting Ellen Sederus of Sweden for the IBF WBA crowns to unify the title on June 19th on Triller Fight Club's card in Miami. The heavy hitting diva has joined us. And boy, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Yes, sir. Oh, and guess what? Class of 2021, college graduate. Congratulations. That's wonderful. And, 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 and where did you get the degree from? I went through the DeVry University program. They sponsored Team USA Athletes, and I had a full-ride scholarship, so I'm proud of that. And I know you said about Team USA that you're you're thrilled that they you know they're a part of that and more should take advantage of it, right? Yes, they do. Yes, they should. Hey, best of luck with the fight. You're entertaining, win or lose, but we know you want to win, so we'll be rooting yes, for you. And and that fight in Miami, I'm sure you're going to have most of the crowd on your side. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Doug. And you have a beautiful day. Sports Jam is a WBGO news production. You can check out all of the podcasts by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam. Find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts and on iTunes. Special thanks going out to Joe Favorito and Jerry Milani for hooking us up with Franchon Cruz Desern. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.